Hello, Sports Ethos World, and welcome to Jared and Jared's Supermax, a fantasy basketball podcast about salary cap leagues and the salary cap in the NBA. We are here to do an episode on that very subject. It's been weeks, but we're doing it. And I have another main co-host with my first name, who I will introduce after our main special guest, Professor John, is back in the building. What is up, Professor John? Oh, I'm glad to be back. Uh, We are a month away from trade deadline. And I love talking some fake trades. I love it. I think fake NBA trades and the rumor mill might be more interesting than the actual games. At least in the regular season, I think you may be yeah. right. Yeah. And Jared Rosting is also here. Yeah, I'm, I'm here as usual. A lot Nothing. less fanfare for me with, with when the introduction there. It was Nothing special. John! Yeah, because it's a special occasion. He's here. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to jump into some of the major uh, common sticking points that a lot of um, internet websites and, uh, and, and fanfare is, is, is sort of derived from some teams and players who are getting a lot of the buzz. But we're going to start with an actual fantasy basketball trade that happened in our league with the two people you just heard from. Jared Ross King traded Dennis Schroeder to Professor John, who in return offered Seth Curry. Now, we're going to ask these two geniuses what was behind their decision-making, but I will say, I believe Dennis Schroeder is five-ish million and Seth Curry is like eight. And I looked at those numbers and I said, why would you give up Seth Curry for a worse player? Professor John, enlighten us. All right, so I propose a trade. And, and you're about right. It was a 5-8 and 8-2. Um, my, my salary structure uh, is not totally forgiving because um, I got a lot of guys in that 10 to $20 million range that almost everybody stays away from. So that means my single digit or, or not single, more like seven digit rather than eight figure salaries, um, I've got to conserve. And so Schroeder, you know, he hasn't been as consistent or efficient as Curry. He's also not as injury prone as Curry. Um, I just added Cam Reddish, who was actually traded in the NBA this week, because I figure if you're going to give up a first rounder for him, um, you're probably going to play him. And the real upside of that is Tibbs minutes. If he cracks the rotation, he's never coming out. So I wanted to be able to keep Reddish. um, And to do that, when all my guys came back from injury, I was going to have to trim some salary. So I needed to trim some salary. The other logic behind it is that uh, Schroeder, the Celtics have all the incentive in the world to deal him. He's on a one-year deal and he cannot be offered more than something like a million and a half raise over what he's making this year because of the deal he's on. And he's going to, when he hits free agency, he's going to get a lot more than that. So the Celtics, if they want anything for him and not just to be priced out of the market when he walks, they need to deal him. And basically the logic of this trade is um, Seth Curry is a little bit more injury prone historically. He hasn't been hurt that much. So in some ways I'm betting that his health won't continue through the end of the year. The other part is I'm betting that Schroeder maybe gets dealt to a better situation. Um, he could also get dealt to a worse situation. Like um, the better situations I'm thinking um, I've heard Dallas mentioned as a destination. Um, the Clippers conceivably uh, could use some playmaking, but I don't know if the money would work out for that. And uh, the Cavs are another team that could conceivably, um, you know, their, their guard rotation has just been decimated. And, you know, if they could, if they could figure out a way to give Boston an asset, and, you know, make the money work. Schroeder could do a lot in Cleveland. Um, oh, did I say Denver? Denver's another potential possibility, depending on what, what they think about Jamal Murray getting back, because Monte Morris is 
not putting up numbers. Uh, Facundo Composo has been a real surprise that so they may not go after him. And But there are also, I think, some possibilities where he ends up somewhere that he's basically like a luxury backup. Um, he's one of the few players the Lakers could actually afford to get um, if they wanted him back for the stretch run. Uh, but he's not going to start over Russell Westbrook. So, you know, there are some places he could go like that. That would not be great. But I proposed the deal. I figured it was about time we had a trade. I, I was really hoping to keep my pickup of Cam Reddish. So I was considering, you know, basically anytime there's somebody that I might have to eliminate for salary cap reasons, I'm always going to gauge the trade market. And I thought it was worth a shot. And Jared, you know, was willing to make a deal. And he may, you know, he may very well come out easily the winner on this because Seth Curry is yeah. the better player. Yeah. And he's more efficient and he's got a good role in that Sixers offense. So yep. I'm not saying that I won. I'm just saying I had some logic behind it. <laughs> yeah, let's get the other side of this trade. Uh, good job. <laughs> well, I mean, when the trade came through to me, uh, I remember it came through on my phone and I was like, that's not a bad deal because Schroeder's been kind of not playing up to the level that he did early on in the season. Um, we go back to what he did with the Lakers last year. He wasn't playing at that level at all. And so he, we've seen him have these games. They're kind of like, oh, not great. And uh, so the trade comes through my phone. And and it's just I immediately want to do it. So I go to accept the trade. And John cancels it. Um, and I'm just like, oh, I guess I should have pulled the trigger way sooner. Uh, and this is literally like 90 seconds from the time I get it to the time it's canceled. Um, so I just sit there. I'm like, oh. All right. He realized right. that, you know, Schroeder's kind of on the downswing and uh, uh, and Seth Curry is way on the court pretty consistent. Um, so I just sat there. I was like, oh, well, damn. All right. And then the trade came through again and I didn't even think about it. I did it. You know, I have the money on my cap to, to make the move. I have about nine million dollars in space before this deal. Um, Curry's just, in my opinion, the overall better option. So for me made a lot of sense. Uh, and I didn't really think about where anybody was going to go or anything. I just said, this deal makes sense. Let's do it. And uh, that's how that happened. Damn straight. Um, in real life, IRL, just want to throw something out and uh, get your guys's take on this. Dennis Schroeder to the Cavaliers for Dylan Windler, Kevin Pangos, Two men I've never heard of, and some sort of a first or second round pick that actually works up in the trade machine, which I have up. That makes sense. I think. Yeah. If... Go ahead. Go ahead, Jared. Go ahead, Jared. No, I was gonna say it makes sense. Uh, you know, we've they've already lost uh, Colin Sexton for um, the rest of the year, so they're bringing in. They've already brought in Rondo it makes sense to bring another veteran point guard on a good deal and, and kind of try to, and they lost Ricky Rubio as well. He was the other big one, uh, I think two or three weeks ago, Torres ACL. So they've lost two good guards there. Um, so to bring in one more guy to help kind of supplement that. And you're giving up two guys who I didn't know existed until about 60 seconds ago. Their bodies. And, uh, pick. Yeah. And, and, uh, and a draft pick. So it's, it's a good deal for the Cavs. Um, Celtics very much meandering around 500 and uh, I mean, we can talk about them if you guys want, but they're, they're not the, they're not quite what I expected to be this year. So I think, um, that would be a deal if, if the Celtics are really prioritizing, like ducking the luxury tax, dealing Schroeder and getting those guys back, they'd probably wave Pangos. Windler was actually a first round pick the same year as, uh, I want to say it was Sexton and Porter. Um, he was a first-round pick that same year. Uh, Swing and a miss. Able, yeah, he has not been able to stay on the court. Um, I think what's a little bit more interesting with Cavs-Celtics would be uh, because, as Jared says, uh, Celtics aren't really going anywhere this year, what if you did Schroeder for Sexton and you get to keep the RFA rights on Sexton? Um, where and potentially be able to go over the cap to, to keep him. Um, and the Cavs would actually get to make their playoff run this year. And that lines up 
money-wise in the trade machine as well. If Schroeder is also included with draft picks. Yeah, you probably have you probably have to do something like at least like pick swaps or something oh, like you that. Have to. Yeah. Um, because I mean you're giving up the better player uh, if you're you know if you're the Cavs, but I also I have a hard time seeing the Cavs bringing Sexton back. I mean, they, they have a better chance now than before he was hurt. Because yeah, get him on a discount deal, turn to the next Steph Curry. Yeah. Well, that's but, uh, but I also like one of the real liabilities for the Cavs in general was that is a really undersized backcourt and they're supersizing the front court to make up for it. But I don't know. I think, I think um, Schroeder in LA at least competed on the defensive end um, quite hard and, and fairly effectively. And that would be, uh, that would be a defensive upgrade. I don't, you know, I don't know that he fits in the flow of the offense. If they were able to bring him back, then that's the other question. I mean, there'd be a question literally on both ends of, are we going to be able to bring this guy back? But um, that's a more intriguing deal to me, but I think you're, you're absolutely right. There, there'd have to be picks going the other way. Um, if it's oh, for sure. For sure All right. Let me toss one out with Cleveland in mind. I'm going to go to Mr. Ross King on this. How about the Cavaliers get Eric Gordon and the Rockets get a first round pick and the corpse of Ricky Rubio Houston, obviously trying to lose as many games as possible. They need something to fill that cap. It, like it's, I want to say four hundred thousand dollars. Within like, they basically make the same amount of money, and the and Cleveland gets you know a guy who's not hurt and a and a shooter. You like that deal? I mean, it's a good deal for them. It gives them, like you said, good shooting from the outside. Gordon's especially in the heyday of the Houston Rockets uh, just a few years ago. When well, not really the heyday. We go back to uh, Hakeem for that, but but the recent heyday. Um, he was obviously the sixth man. Uh, a lot of the time coming off the bench um, behind Harden and whoever else was the second guy. And he was often the third option in those offenses. He is not that same player, but he's still an effective shooter. I don't see for Cleveland, if this deal's on the table, why they wouldn't do it. Uh, it makes, I would actually take this deal over the uh, Schroeder deal. Uh, it, this is Eric Gordon's last year of his deal, correct? I don't think so. I think he has one more year. Okay. Uh, then maybe you One think about reasons. it. If it maybe you think oh, about it. Is, I think it, it is two years if, left. Two oh, years wow. after this year? Yes. All right. Then that gives me pause. Because if it was the last year of his deal, I'd say, you know, go for it. You get a shooter. You're you're taking on the same money you had with Rubio. It's not a big deal money-wise. Um, but with, with that being two more years, I think that's now becomes a kind of a risk uh, for your long-term plans adding more talent down the road um i, I have to think about that then all right well, well walk through my logic with me i was trying to find something for kevin love and i just couldn't figure it out so then i was like all right this is a bit of a segue houston maybe they give up on christian wood maybe christian wood goes to charlotte i'm trying to think of teams that need a big guy maybe boston and i w- couldn't quite crack it do, do either of you have any sort of anything in that flavor any sort of like hornets go shopping for a center type stuff i definitely think wood probably makes the most sense in charlotte um before we got the news like a week and a half ago that dame was getting shut down um wood would have actually fit a little bit better than Nurkic into what mm-hmm. they're trying to do in Portland. Um, and I don't know that they would have done a straight like Nurkic for Wood deal. Maybe they would have, maybe they'd sent Covington back or something. But now the Dame's getting shut down. Like I think all the, all the Portland's interested in is getting off the Covington and the Nurkic contracts. Getting but Charlotte, Charlotte is in need of a center. And yeah, Wood is a great basketball fit in Charlotte in terms of he can run the floor, get the lobs from Mello. Um, you know, it would ba- basically make them even better of a league pass favorite, whether or not they make the playoffs and make noise mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And Wood just got suspended for a game because he and Kevin Porter both, wow. like Kevin Porter left the arena in the middle of a game and Christian Wood just refused to get stubbed back in because both of them got called out for dogging on defense by their coach. So I think, you know, Christian Wood didn't fit the timeline anyway. He's like 27 and all the guys that they really care about, like Jalen Green, like 21 
Um, so by the time they contend, Christian Wood is going to be not too old, but too expensive. Um, Wood only has one year on his deal after this year. That's the other thing. Like they're going to have to pay him a lot more to stick around. So I think, I think if the right deal came along, Houston would definitely deal Wood. And I think you can put together, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's Plumlee and PJ Washington from Charlotte. Maybe it's uh, Plumlee and book night. Actually book night would actually be a really interesting fit. Um, mm, he has a really like practical rotation in Charlotte and, uh, and he fits that age and timeline, especially if the, if the Rockets might be ready to move on from Kevin Porter, then book night steps right in and, and, you know, he and he and green on the wing. And you see so, what they got. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And, and it, and then PJ Washington, I mean, I've, I've had him in fantasy the past two years. I think you've got him right now. Yep. Russo. Um, when you watch him play, like he's not a game changer, but he doesn't have major holes to his game. He can, he can play the four. He can play the five on occasion. He, he finds ways to contribute rebound block, whatever. That's the, that's the type of thing, the low maintenance role, whereas Christian Wood is going to want touches and that type of thing. P.J. Washington would actually really fit well in that in Houston as well. He'd be a good culture guy down there. So, yeah, yeah. I'd say, you know, maybe a P.J. Washington and a, and a Plumlee um, for uh, for Christian Wood to Charlotte. I, I think that works out really well for both sides. All right, Mr. Ross King, let me tantalize you. All right. P.J. Washington and Vernon Carey Jr. or some other – young person who you might have never heard of before go to the Hornet or go to the Thunder in exchange for Derek are. Favors and a first for Derek Favors and a first Favors isn't a bad fit um but it's salary wise he fits that obviously he's just like he's the highest paid player on, on the Thunder right now at seven right. point or 9.7 million which is insane to me I don't think that's a bad fit. Uh, I mean, if okay. I'm the Hornets, though, I'm trying to find a way to get Christian Wood. I want Christian Wood before uh, uh, Favors is kind of a backup plan. Um, if you strike out on Christian Wood, Favors isn't a bad backup plan. He's not a bad consolation prize. But, I mean, you want Christian Wood. That's the guy you want. Okay, so let me give you another one, Mr. Ross King. And then, Professor John, you can chime in. Though. Toronto Raptors get Eric Gordon and Christian Wood. This was his whole thing was a ploy to get these two players on the Raptors in exchange for Goran Dragic, Chris Boucher, Precious Achua, and two first. Who says no? I'm not. Here's my thing is, is especially with the Eric Gordon piece of it. If you're going after him, you feel like you're a team that's competing and and contending this season, this year. The odds look up the Raptors where they are in the standings. Uh, they're eighth. They're yeah, eighth they're, right now, 21 and 19. I don't think this puts the this 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 will separate them from Washington, New York, who they're above in the standings. This could separate them from Charlotte. Uh, this would not separate them from Chicago, Brooklyn, Miami, Milwaukee, Philly. This doesn't put them into that category at all. Well, I don't know what they're doing anyways. And in this case, you get rid of two expirings with Boucher and Drogic. You, you get Gordon to, to match the money, but you're really getting Christian Wood in exchange for Precious in like a first or a second or like a first and a bad first or something. Yeah, but my thing is, and it's, we go back to the, the deal with the Cleveland that we were talking about. You take on that contract of Eric Gordon. So now you're committing to two and a half seasons of not a great contract uh, just to have, I mean, Christian Wood, again, that's a guy you want to have, but I don't know. All right. Professor John, what do you think? It's tough. I mean, first to answer what Toronto is doing right now. I mean, their, their plan seems to be run out Fred Van Vliet and a bunch of six, eight guys who can switch everything. That's basically the plan. Um, I think, this is an intriguing deal. I, you know, you think about it, Warren Drogic has not played a minute for them this year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think they may have played him in a preseason game, but he has not played a minute in the regular season. Uh, most of the league is trying to wait for them to buy him out. Um, if Dallas really wants him because they think that's going to make Luca happy, they don't really have a lot of assets to give up for him to match that contract. Eric Gordon, you know, 
at least he'd be on the court and he'd give you some spacing and some, you know, secondary tertiary playmaking off a bench, a little, you know, some defensive effort where, or at least he's not a total defensive liability, I should say. Um, so you could potentially fit in that culture. And I think if you make that deal, yes, you're getting Christian Wood. I don't think they need necessarily need to make it to get Christian Wood because they have all these six, eight guys who can switch everything. Mm-hmm. But if you really want Christian Wood as part of your future, if you make that deal, you're trusting the Sayujiri to do something with the Gordon contract before you just get stuck with that for two more years. Like you're basically saying, I'll take, you know, this Gordon contract for the rest of this year and between another half year and season, but I'm going to deal it when it becomes an expiring for another asset that I want. And if you're trusting GMs, Masai Ujiri is one that yeah, you trust him. wins out. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's normally one that wins in the end. Yep. So, you know, you may not want to get caught up too much in, oh, you're taking on the Gordon contract because he can get rid of it eventually. But does, does that make you miss on, out on other opportunities? Is the upside of Wood and Gordon mean, because I, I think Jared Ross King brings up another, uh, just a really good point. It's like, is the sixth seed worth that much to you? <laughs> because you're not getting into the top five with that deal. So if the sixth seed is worth that much to you, because at least it keeps you out of the play in, maybe you do it, but it's not getting you past that. Well, you're not selling seats for playoff games because no one's showing up um, and you're not getting free agents. So it's not like you're going to be doing anything with that money anyways. Um, all right. As long as we're talking about getting rid of big men, I want to get to one of the biggest elephants in the room, the ultimate uh, splitting up of Sabonis and, and Turner. Mr. Ross King, what if the Dallas Mavericks traded for Miles Turner and gave up Dwight Powell, Dorian Finney-Smith, Josh Green, who, again, I didn't know who he was, but he makes $3 million, and a first-round pick? You like that? Uh, I mean, for Miles – you said for Miles Turner, correct? That is correct. Yeah, I – you're missing that big presence in Dallas. And uh, I, I think if you can add someone like Miles Turner and you can maybe if, if uh, Gordon Rogers isn't traded, if they can get the buyout and like John referred to just a moment ago, a buyout that ends up with Drogic in Dallas, that fixes two of their biggest things right there. And uh, they've been wildly inconsistent as well, but you can only, you know, consistency is a hard thing to fix sometimes. Um, but changing players around can often lead to new results. I like Miles Turner on Dallas. I like trying to get Goran Dragic. I'm just adding that into the deal because I like it. Uh, and I think that makes Dallas a much better team in the long run. I mean, we know that people from Slovenia and Slovakia and that whole Eastern block, like they're all friendly. They're all pals. They're buddy buddies. We get it. But like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't squeeze everyone you know, onto Dallas. Yeah. Sorry, Dallas. I don't know what kind of offering chips they have other than Powell, Finney Smith, another guy in a first. Like, that's like the best they can do because, like, they stupidly traded for Brazingas and they gave up quite a lot in that next deal. <laughs> uh, Professor John. Yeah. Let, so let's talk about that because I, I have a couple of one, Miles Turner. I mean, he's one of the biggest prizes because, like, if you're looking for a big man, this is the, the rare big man who gives you all the rim protection you want and can stretch the floor, shoot at least like 35, 36 and up from three. So he fits literally anywhere. And so it's who can afford. I honestly don't think that's going to be enough for Dallas to get Miles Turner. Um, I think a team like who we were mentioning before, you know, Jared Ross King said maybe Christian Wood's plan A. I think Christian Wood is plan 1A. I think Miles Turner is plan 1A for Charlotte. But if they can't, you know, if they can't compete, then they move on to Christian Wood. I, I do think Dallas might trade for a pacer. Though. I think they might go for Karis LeVert to get secondary cool. playmaking with Doncic. And I actually have a really interesting deal that I did earlier. Let's see if I can duplicate it. It was uh, Karis LeVert to Dallas. It's a three-way deal. You mad, uh, Karis LeVert to Dallas. Oh, my God. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith and... Uh, so Doran F- Finney-Smith to Utah, um, Joe Ingles to Indiana. Um, where was the other one? Um, oh, yeah, Reggie Bullock, I want to say, to Utah. And 
who else did Dallas give up? Um, what a weirdly complicated. Like I'm not even like sure. Yeah. Like, all like, of my deals was, were two teams. Yeah, because just like it's it's easier to like comprehend it in your head to like visualize it, but also like the amount of picks that would be needed to like. I feel like that's written on paper that would need to. Be. All right, how about this? Because you mentioned <laughs> Karis Levert. What if the Knicks gave up Kemba, Obi Toppin, and a first for Karis Levert? Wait, you're willing to give up Obi Toppin? I, I, I've been I trying to get like rid of Obi Toppin before we drafted him. No, I feel like when we go back to the draft, you were excited about him for about five minutes. No, I, I wasn't. Want, I just want that you, that five minutes to be talking uh, about remembered. It. There was a I mean, five-minute you... period where you're – go ahead, John. I, I feel like – I remember it too because – I remember no. too yes. because you you no. took him, no. you took him in your, the draft last year in fantasy. And, yeah, but in like a middle round, not like twelfth round. You took him in the middle round, thinking that he was going to do something for that. Yeah, he was going to like yep. play, and then he doesn't play because he can't play defense, and they should have taken Halliburton. Listen, I was trying to because someone mentioned Karis Levert, and I was like, oh, I have one. Up. All right. How about this? Instead of this complicated Miles Turner nonsense, what if Dallas swings for the fences? You ready for this one? This is a blockbuster. Dallas gives up as many first-rounders as they can, plus Maxi Kleber, Dorian Finney-Smith, and, and Dwight Powell, and they get John Collins. I, I, don't think, I don't think John Collins is going there. I do think if you're Dallas, go for it. Try for it. Uh, I do. I have an alternate thing to where I, I. It's not great for the Hawks, in my opinion, but I have an alternate landing spot for Give John Collins. Me. I love it. Go for it. I've got this, and we're going to uh, include arguably the biggest name on the trade block right now. Who is that? Philly and Atlanta. Oh Jesus! Ben Simmons for John Collins and Gallinari. No. Collins is frustrated. He wants out. No. Atlanta's already been rumored to want Ben Simmons. And Gallinari at this point is basically just an expiring deal. He nah. has not played well. Atlanta's got to do way better than that. You kidding me? No. You, you, don't, think, you don't think Philly would take John Collins and try to no. and try to use Gallinari? No. Well, I think for one, um, those two contracts together, you got to get something else back from Philly to make money work because that's 43 million. Ben Simmons makes 33 million. Plugging in the trade machine, you got to cut 2 million from the incoming from Philly. I think the issue with Philly is if you're going to take back John Collins for Ben Simmons, you got to find a taker for Tobias Harris. And Bingo. let's be honest, it's not going to happen. Nobody's going to take 36 million for Tobias Harris. Yep. Um, Philly doesn't have the picks even to offset that, even if you were trying to send him to like, Oklahoma City, like Oklahoma City would love more picks and they need to spend more money. But Philly doesn't really have those assets to offer that deal. So Collins, I don't know. I like where you're going in terms of trying to get Ben Simmons to Atlanta. I think Ben Simmons to Atlanta makes a lot of sense. I think it's more like, I mean, you got to load up on on picks and you got to send like a, a Bogdanovich and a... You may have to send out DeAndre Hunter and maybe a Gallinari as an expiring deal to make money fit. And it's or just a herder. Stretch shooter. You may have to do a herder. And yeah. Atlanta would have to give up too much. And they already gave Cam Reddish away, which we're going to get to next. Um, and I don't, I don't know how the, the Tobias Harris, John Collins front court with Embiid works. And honestly, to get rid of Ben Simmons at this point, you have to include the poison pill that is Tobias Harris. And like that in and of itself sort of offsets whatever like young talented guards that you would need from Philly. Like I just, no, no Atlanta, Atlanta can't be the spot. They've already done their sort of like shuffle the deck kind of thing with, with New York, which by the way, boy, did we fleece them? Woo! I, really I don't like feel deal. like that was a shuffling the deck. I feel like that was a minimal deal though. I feel like, you get that first round pick that you can throw into a deal like this. It's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a janky junky first round from Charlotte in a few years. Yeah. Like protected. Yeah, and they're giving up on a young GMs. G, GMs uh, it feels like a lot of GMs, the better ones, uh, Masai Ujiri doesn't see this this way, but a lot of GMs see the words first round pick and they just value them all similar. 
And, and that's that's an issue with a lot of GMs. And I'm not again, I'm not saying all of them do this, but I feel like a lot too that you see these this deal with like four first round picks, and you're realizing, oh, the all these first round picks they're getting are top 29 protected, uh, something like that for the next seven years, and then it becomes a second rounder. So it, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of teams just see first round pick and they value them all the same. Yeah, just say Schlink messed That's, up and that we fleeced them. Just say it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I this did. is the ploy to get Zion. That's right. Can we get rid of Kevin I, Knox. I definitely think that. And Russo, you brought up a really interesting point um, when you talk about the Philly's problem right now. I mean, they have a lot of problems re- revolving around Ben Simmons, but one of their problems where I don't think he's going to get moved at the deadline. I think he should get moved at the deadline. I thought, think he should have got moved before the season. I agree but with you on all accounts. I don't think he gets moved by the deadline because you think about who are the people that are actually available right now? Miles Turner, Demonis Sabonis. Well, neither one of those makes sense because you got to do something with Tobias Harris. John Collins, maybe. Oh, you got to do something with Tobias Harris. Um, maybe you could slide Jeremy Grant down to the three. He was going to be the next major talking point. You you could do something there potentially. Jeremy Grant's not moving the needle for Daryl Morey though. Like he's back. No. He's he's made so many public statements about he needs an all-star back. Like um, while we're on the topic of Simmons, before we move on to Jeremy Grant. Like there's a couple of deals that I think make sense, but I like they're not going to happen. So we can let me just throw them out there and we can move past them very quickly because they're not going to happen. Um, the one that makes the most sense is like the most fantasy style trade that just isn't going to happen, and that's Kyrie for Simmons and some pick swaps. Um, that would solve so many problems for everybody. Like Brooklyn is one of the only teams that has such a surplus of shooting that it doesn't matter that Ben Simmons can't make anything outside the restricted area. You've got so much shooting around him and he can actually play defense. Like that'd be a great basketball fit. And then you got Kyrie and Embiid would actually be a really nice core until Kyrie decides that he's going to like go on a cruise and or become a monk in the, in the, in the go second to round of the playoffs or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, you're not preaching to the choir. You're preaching to the preacher, dude. Like this makes way too much sense, but it'll never happen. <laughs> Something uh, something that I was beating the drum for in summer that still could happen now that Mike Conley's deal is tradable again. Simmons solves, again, here at Utah. That's a team that has a surplus of shooting. And so Conley actually technically checks the all-star box for Del Morey. You'd have to throw something else in to make the, the money work, like Ingles, uh, something like Conley and Ingles, and obviously picks. But in Utah, they got a surplus of shooting, and what don't they have? They Perimeter don't have a single, single player who can stop any of those big wings in the West. They don't have a LeBron stopper. If Kawhi or Paul George gets healthy in time for the playoffs, they don't have somebody to stop them. They don't have somebody to stop any of those um, wing players out West. So Ben Simmons could do that. And like I said, pretty much everybody on Utah but Rudy Gobert can shoot. So um, – so that would actually make it's, way too much sense. It's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> well, Utah actually makes a ton of sense, but like, but like the everyday NBA, uh, I didn't even think about Utah. So they kind of, you know, never came up in my brain. Oh, what a shot. Shots fired. Okay. Everyone brings up the Sacramento deal. Cause on, like in my mind, Daryl Morey is trying to make this Sixers team the 09 magic where you have Embiid as sort of Dwight, but better because he can like shoot from three, but just like a bunch of like fast, good guards who also shoot threes and defend. So like you, you don't need big dudes. You need more guards. Cause like, I don't know if like Maxi Curry is like the final starting backcourt of the future and future as in like this season, next season, and like maybe another season before Embiid's knees turn to dust. So like you need like healed and Fox or, or Mitchell, Davion Mitchell, or Halliburton, and then you get like Bagley and or Barnes and like a you know like that's always like the most like yeah the Kings need to make the playoffs they need a star they need to sell tickets they need to shake up something they need to get rid of Bagley and whoever and and like for some reason that like like never coalesces even though it like makes the most sense I don't know mm-hmm. um, this week Maury said something like or or there was a report. I don't think it came right out of Maury's mouth, but some source close to him 
said Fox wasn't enough to be the centerpiece of that trade. And, and I think that was kind of the final straw for me. I was like, there's no way Simmons is getting moved. Because the yeah. only, only team at this point that I think that I thought Maury had a chance to extract something close to what he wanted was Sacramento. And then he's saying he won't even take the Iron Fox as the centerpiece. Like, yeah, that, that's so not going to happen. I mean, from a basketball if, fit, I would I would have yeah. thought Heald and Barnes or Fox and Barnes or Fox and Heald, any of those combinations would be really interesting in Philly. Um, and and then obviously Simmons, you know, Simmons and Halliburton would, would become a very interesting combination out west in Sacramento. But if he won't even take Fox back, I don't know. The, 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 I, I have nothing – I have no way to think of what's going on in Daryl Moore's head. The only thing that I think right now is like would – is Washington getting any indication about what Bradley Beal is going to do about a contract? Because if they get an indication before February 10th that he's going to opt out and listen to other offers, I feel like they need to make a bill for Simmons deal that's been circulated over the years. And it kind of went away because, first of all, Washington was doing well well in the early part of the year. And then Beal hasn't been doing that well this year. So a lot of people haven't really cared, uh, you know, to speculate yeah, about it. It's a bit of him. a pipe dream, I guess. Like, if you can't win with them, then, yeah, you need to get rid of them. But, like. I don't know. There's always like the, no, Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal, they're content. They're fine. They're okay losing and getting paid a gazillion dollars. They don't want to move their families and their kids. And it's just like, okay, well, I can't force them to, to go. Uh, Ross King, do you have any final thoughts on this whole Simmons situation? Uh, I, I still, like, I, again, I didn't think of the Jazz at all. But John's bringing up a lot of good points. If, if Daryl Morey wants an all-star, yeah, he does. If Daryl Morey wants an all-star, and he isn't. He says De'Aaron Fox is not enough. Then what is he expecting to get? Like the Blazers aren't about to trade Dame Lillard for Ben Simmons. No. Nope. Uh, uh, the Lakers aren't going to be like let's let's fold this. You know what? Here's LeBron. There's not going to be any scenario like that where he's getting a top ten player for Ben Simmons. I, with that in mind. Does Ben Simmons ever get traded? No. If that's if that's Daryl's Morey stance, like how long? How many years could it be? Next season? Could it be the season after before we finally see Simmons somewhere else? I mean, God, it's gonna get so bad. It's gonna get so toxic. But especially with Philadelphia, the people who threw snowballs at Santa. Um, shout outs to uh to Justin who was on this podcast. We we've already discussed this ad nauseum. Um, it's like OKC has enough room to just take him and give away nothing, but like picks that Philly could use or a bag of magic beans. We've already gone over this a thousand times. Um, This is so insane. Uh, We've already mentioned Jeremy Grant. We need to move on. We've already mentioned Jeremy Grant. Uh, Is he actually going to go anywhere? Is any team actually going to like, is is Chicago going to like give up stuff for him? Like, is is anyone going to be like, okay, Jeremy Grant. Yeah, sure. Join our team. I think Jeremy Grant is Jeremy Grant and Miles Turner are the two pieces that are the most intriguing because they pretty much fit anywhere. The game fits anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, So you don't have to work out a lot of basketball fit stuff. You just have to figure out gauging the assets. Like even at, you know, you know, Ben Simmons, people love to talk about it because of all the drama, but like he's a really awkward basketball fit and a really awkward contract. Jeremy Grant's a really reasonable contract. He's something like right at 20 million, maybe like 20 and one or something like that. Yeah, he's like 20 on the dot. And he... We saw him in Denver play this like Swiss Army knife, utility knife role where he could cut, he could defend, he could shoot from free, he could play on the ball, play off the ball. Then he goes to Detroit last year, does all this great on the ball scoring. So he can literally fit anywhere. I mean, the Lakers won him, but the Lakers won everybody and they have no assets. Um, That'd be another really interesting fit in Utah and they might not have to give up as much. uh, A Boyan Bogdanovich and picks to uh, Detroit for Jeremy Grant might get them their perimeter stopper and they don't have to give me mm-hmm. as much up as interesting as they would to get Simmons out of Philly. Um, Chicago, I think I floated this in our group chat of our league. Um, if they're willing to give up on Patrick Williams and give up Kobe White and no, yeah, Patrick Williams, Kobe White, and I think like Derek Jones Jr. or Troy Brown Jr. plus a pick or so. Yeah, that's yeah, I mean, that's a fearsome starting five. 
they just have no depth mm-hmm. left. <laughs> um, but like Levine, Ball, Jeremy Grant, DeRozan, DeRozan and Vooch, yeah. um, like that's that's a fearsome starting five. You just you, you're you're I don't know what you do when they when any of those guys rest if you do that. And then one of our other uh, league members brought up a Memphis deal that I think um, Bobby Marks had also brought up uh, on on somewhere on ESPN, and it was it was something like uh, Kyle Anderson, Jarrett Culver, and like one other dude from Memphis that's not like John Conchar, um, DeAnthony Melton, Melton Xavier Tillman. It might have been Melton. So like okay. Melton Anderson and um and yeah, that would make them really good. I mean, then, honestly, I'm reading reports that like LA would be like, listen, we'll give you Taylor Horton Tucker who makes like some obscene amount of money and like nine and a half. Yeah, and he and yeah. he's like young enough. And we'll give you like Malik Monk and like whatever future picks we have and just give us Jeremy Grant and like, we'll figure it out. I was like, mm, okay. I don't, I, I don't think that gets it done. And and uh, Malik Monk is doing great, but he's on a minimum contract. They yeah. also have to throw in Kendrick Nunn. But Kendrick Nunn hadn't played a game this year. Um, so I don't know that, I mean, and they're so restricted on their future picks that they can trade. I don't see how the Lakers get it done. I think, I think a Utah deal, I think a Memphis deal, um, you know, if you're Dallas, I think whatever assets you can cobble together, you know, you may you go after Jeremy Grant. I think a Bulls deal makes a lot of sense. I mean, a Celtics deal would actually be interesting. He would he, like just like Miles Turner. He fits pretty much anywhere. I would argue Grant probably fits more places because so because there's you know everybody can use a wing who can defend and do secondary scoring and playmaking. Some some places are set at as their at their bigs, so I don't know. Jeremy Grant, I think his market's too great that to to not go somewhere. Now we want to talk about Atlanta consolidating. That'd be an interesting choice. Like send up like DeAndre Hunter and maybe Ogdonovich and some of these firsts that uh, that they have. If they got Jeremy Grant, if they have because they deal, didn't want Luca. Well, I, I mean, I think if they got Jeremy Grant uh, as in a secondary deal, we we're not talking about the Cam Reddish deal anymore. If they somehow turn out, I want to keep talking about it because it lures Zion. <laughs> um, these are all incredible points, Professor John. Uh, Mr. Ross King, do you have any sort of meandering loose thoughts or other or deals? Because I have another blockbuster, and I wanted to get to it, but I didn't want to like you know cut you out of the loop. No, 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 you're good. Uh, I mean. I just looked it up while John was talking. The next time, because of the, the CPN rule, I think that's what's called, where you can only trade, you can't trade uh, first rounders in consecutive years. Um, right. The next time the Lakers can trade a first round pick is 2027. So if, you, if you're trying to entice that. the, if you're trying, we, we, yeah, we might be. If you're trying to entice the Pistons into a deal to give up Jeremy Grant, the best first round pick you can offer them is in 2027. That's, quite a ways down the road that this is basically saying, Hey, you're not going to be around. You're not going to be the GM. You're not going to be the coach. Uh, but here's a pick for the next regime. So it, it'll it, probably be a pretty good pick because LeBron will start, be retired. Yeah. LeBron That's, will be around. True. AD will so you know, be in, he'll be using a Walker. Yeah. Um, so it'll probably West, Westbrook will still be putting up like quadruple doubles. <laughs> yep. He will with, you know, turnovers being the highest number. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that'd probably be a pretty good pick, but you're absolutely right. Ross King. That's for the next regime. If, if Troy Weaver deals Jeremy Grant and gets a 2027 first rounder, Kalen Horton, Tucker, yeah. Kendrick Nunn, and uh, you know, let's say Malik Monk, cause that's the best minimum player they got. Troy Weaver is not going to be around to make that pick in 2027. Nope. Correct. Yeah. All right, I've been trying my hardest to try to get De'Aaron Fox onto the Knicks because as I've screamed into the void, we haven't had a starting point guard for like 20 plus years and we need someone to like pass the ball and like set up RJ and Julius for like good pick and rolls and like generate offense and like be a floor general, which is why we kept being linked to Westbrook and Chris Paul and all these people for years and years and it never happened because our team is run by a shadowy cabal of Kentucky idiots. So I tried to get De'Aaron Fox on the team and I I don't know if it's going to happen, but what about... Josh Richardson, Herman Gomez, 
Schroeder and Langford for De'Aaron Fox, and you can sort of do any sort of weird pick nonsense. And the money matches up almost perfectly with all those guys. Do you think Boston does that? I would absolutely do that if if, if you don't have to split up Brown and Tatum and you can get De'Aaron Fox, you do it. But would Sacramento want a cobbled together list of dudes and picks? Yeah, that's the Probably. that's the side with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For Boston, for Boston, you do it eleven times out of ten. For Sacramento, I don't think you ever do it. Well, what does Sacramento want? Because they keep like wanting to make the playoffs, and yet they literally well, do everything wrong time and time the, and time again. They went to the Daryl Morey School of Thought. They want an All Star. Um, I mean, do they need to trade the Aaron Fox? They have to. That's that's the question. I, I, I thought he was good, to. and then apparently he sucks this year. Well, at, you know, we keep bringing him up as the trade for guys who are on the market, right? So we keep bringing him up for yeah, he's the odd uh, man know, out because a, they they keep drafting right. guards. They're guard heavy. Well, in a, right, but in a, like a Ben Simmons deal, he's the guy that we're talking about. You know, a potential trade, and uh, I've I've. We haven't talked about him at all, but I've read like Sabonis deal that has to do with Deer and Fox. But have we actually heard that? De- yeah, I, again, I haven't really heard that Deer and Fox is like the Kings are wanting to move him, or that he's even like requested to leave. So it is I so feel bizarre. Like he's just kind of being thrown into these trade scenarios. The money and and his age and his yeah. position, honestly. Why don't you get a good coaching staff, Sacramento, and coach him up? Because, like, he yeah. was like, wow, he might be, like, the first Kings All-Star in, in forever. And then this year he just, like, has cr- crumbled into a puddle of mud because, like, there's a bunch of dudes nipping at his, like, starting gig. And, like, there's a bunch, a bunch of disgruntled guys who, like, want out who are either being benched or, like, aren't playing well. And it's just, like, on paper, so much about what that team is makes sense. Like, Rashawn Holmes, good. Uh, uh, Barnes, good. You draft Bagley questionable but you had heels a good shooter and, and darren fox had potential and and i like mitchell and, and halliburton it's just but it's just like none of it works none of it works the whole from top to bottom from the owner down uh ronna dive vivek ronna dive i dude jared roskin do you remember when i brought up that video where he was just like the 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 gm and the assistant gm and all these like people they hired these outside consultants they were like trade down yep. trade down our our, our stats are trade down and the owner walks in and he just goes, but we need shooting. So take, just take Nick Stauskas, Stauskas, Stauskas. <laughs> yep. And no, they take I, him I, yeah. and he was a bust. That's how that team is run. So I just legitimately have no idea. Like what the hell, like they will just be destined forever to be bad. I think the reason Fox keeps coming up is like, you know, if you're looking for a home for one of these other guys with a big deal that yeah. you're trying to send, he's the only person there that, you know, like you said, position, contract, age. You know, Halliburton is one of these other players. You know, if you're like, oh, who's going to be the odd man out? Well, Halliburton and Mitchell are both cheaper. Hall, uh, you know, Mitchell's a really great defender. Halliburton's game is more malleable to play with a bunch of different kinds of players, whereas Fox needs to be on the ball. He doesn't have a great outside shot, but he finishes well inside. And in fact, in the, in the last month, um, his numbers have been a lot closer to what they were last year. He just had a miserable first two and a half months where he couldn't even finish inside either. Um, but I think that's why he keeps coming up. I don't know that the Kings are in a hurry to move. The, the Kings would love to move Bagley, but nobody, nobody's willing to give up anything for him for good reason. You're going to get like eight games out of him. And then the Knicks would the because they love Duke and Kentucky players because we're secretly <laughs> run by them. And um, then, um, I'm just so frustrated with Sacramento. You can tell how fed up I am with them as a franchise. Continue, Professor John. Barnes and Heald are assets that other other teams, you know, might be willing to give up. You know, something like Barnes going to Boston in a deal like that is maybe a little bit more realistic than Fox. Um, you know, you, you take a few of the assets back off the table if you're Boston. But, you know, I can see Harrison Barnes because that's another player. He can play the three. He can play the four. Sometimes he can hit from outside. He can post up a smaller player. You know, he, he's got a very malleable game. Um I don't think it moves the needle for Boston, so I'm not sure they do it. But, you know, that's the type of deal I'd be thinking about between Sacramento and Boston. Um, I don't think they have enough to offer if they're not splitting up Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum, which I'm in the camp. I don't think they should do that yet. Um, If they did, you might as well, you know, send Jalen Brown to Philly for for Simmons because, you know, that's 
that's a deal that some people have mentioned that actually makes a lot of sense if Boston's ready to put them up, but I don't think they are. And I don't think they need to be that, you know, urgent for that. So, you know, I think if, if they add anybody, they need to be adding somebody on the level of like, you know, heel, there's an off ball player who can bury an outside shot or Barnes. If they're, you know, if they're looking in Sacramento's direction, Fox, sure. That would be great. But I don't, I don't see Sacramento taking that little back for him. The NBA is stupid. <laughs> 28 out of the 30 teams are dumb. And one of them is lucky. And one of them is good. Like, it, it's just like so insane to me. It's just like the Warriors, they're smart and they're good. Brooklyn got lucky and everyone else has just like fumbled away everything. Oh, maybe Milwaukee. They're, they're, they're lucky. And it's just like, it just feels so dumb that we're always discussing like the fun and excitement of these teams, like rising up and the trade and the draft and all this stuff. And then at the end of the day, like, I remember making a list of like the players that mattered because you look at like who wins championships and literally like it was like Kobe, LeBron, 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 Curry, 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 LeBron, Curry, Kawhi, Durant, Curry, Giannis. And he's like, well, if you don't have one of those guys and they're like, it doesn't matter. So I'm always in a tizzy. I'm trying to look at the wider perspective. We could be dead in five years. Because of global warming. 2027, that pick's going nowhere, Lakers. Sorry. Shouldn't even be called Lakers. From Minneapolis. It's the land of 10,000 lakes. Should be the Minneapolis Lakers. There are no, there's no jazz in Utah. I'm so fed up. <laughs> George is getting upset. I agree, on both, I agree on both of those team count, team name counts. I absolutely You know why? I got all, 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 all worked up because I started bringing up the, the Knicks point guard thing. And, and OB and Halliburton. It gets me every time. God. Read the receipts, people, on Twitter. I will say this every episode. I'm so upset. I'm so angry. Look, I was I'm, like, I'm happy the Knicks took OB top and then passed up on Cole Anthony. Oh Personally, God. I'm happy. I about do. That. I tweet, I was like, you're going to regret missing up on Cole Anthony. Trade up and take Lamella Ball. Like, take Halliburton. Like, you need a point guard. And every step, they're like, but what if we took the guy from Kentucky? And I was just like, no, what you do? don't take Kevin Knox. What are you doing? What if we took a Frenchman? He's, he's European. Like, Christoph Porzingis. Any other final trades uh, that won't matter because it'll just be Warriors Nets in six months? Anyone? I think the only way the Nets acquire anybody is through buyout. Um, I mean, the Warriors have some assets. They could try to make a deal. No, see, the the GM, who's smart, um, I'm forgetting his name. I know his face. What is is his name? You mean in uh, Golden State? That's Bob Myers. Bob Myers. Okay. He was Bob like, Myers. okay. He, he shot down the owner shot down Ben Simmons. And he said, we need to start thinking about the future, which is why we're going to keep and develop Wiseman and Kaminga and Moody, which makes sense because you can kind of do that when you have like clay and, and Steph and Draymond, like at the end of their peak prime. Um, so they don't seem like the team to be stupid and kind of like go all in and give up all their, their stuff. It seems like they built that new arena and they want to like have, good young guys alongside Iguodala and, and Draymond. And again, coach them up. You coach them up. You take good players in the draft and you coach them up. If you're Sacramento, you take good players and you destroy their careers. Um, Brooklyn has like an $11 million trade exception. And I think if they can find some, some defender on an $11 million deal that they can just absorb into that trade exception, maybe they add it. But I, I tend to think it's they're going to be more active in the buyout market, but yeah, trade exceptions is going to be trade exceptions is going to be all around the league. I mean, Boston has one. Mm. Um, yeah. Orlando has one that, that's the same size of Boston because both of them got them from Evan Fournier. <laughs> the Evan oh. Fournier deal that sent them to Boston <laughs> and then the one that sent them to New York uh, gave Boston and Orlando $17.2 million trade exceptions. So those are going to be some interesting things to look at. But yeah, I mean, really Jeremy Grant Miles Turner and you know maybe Christian Wood, those are the three names I'm I'm the most interested in. And then everything what about else Sabonis? is just like nah, he's not he's not going anywhere. I don't you don't I, think Sabonis is being moved? No. I don't think he gets moved. And I think it's I don't necessarily think it's the right move for Indiana to keep him. Um because but it's also the same reason he won't get moved. He's a really wonky basketball fit. One, he makes this $20 million contract, which is why I drafted him in the first round. Um, but it means that like to try to get value back for that, that's going to be really difficult. And then two, 
he's a big who doesn't face the floor and doesn't defend. So, I mean, it's kind of like Zion is a really weird fit, but it's like Zion, if, if he had only skill and not athleticism, I mean, Zion doesn't have either right now because he's 330 pounds, but um, at his peak, Zion is this tremendous athlete with some skill, but he's a really wonky basketball fit. So bonus is a really wonky basketball fit. And he has this skill to where like, he can give you six or seven assists on a given night while he gets a double-double, but he doesn't defend and he doesn't space the floor. So you have a you, you got to put him in just the right situation. And I don't think Indiana is going to find it. Whereas like, like you said, Miles Turner fits anywhere and everybody's going to want him. So I think that's how they split him up. I don't, I don't think Sabonis actually goes anywhere. Again, I agree on all counts. I'll tell you one other thing though. Brooklyn gave up a gazillion picks and a, a gazillion swaps for Harden. And somehow they always have these like really good late first rounders on their team. Like, um, uh, Cam Thomas, this Thomas year. I was about to say Claxton, um, uh, David Duke Jr. And I'm just like, how do they still have, like, like, didn't they give them all away? Like Houston, God, you botched that James Harden deal, dude. Like, geez, oh my God. Is that like Herschel Walker, like nuts? And you're just like, well, that went the other direction than I thought it was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> my Lord. All right. Any, anything else, gentlemen, before we, uh, we leave this insane zany episode where I keep bringing up the same things over and over again? The last thing I'd what do you like think the Knicks will do? It? Uh, oh, go ahead. I just, go ahead. No, you go. You go. I just want to know what Jared thought the next to do a point guard. Oh my God. <laughs> I really like that Cam Reddish move. I'm not going to lie, but but like to lure Zion, Zion has to be like wantable and attainable. And right now, it just seems like yeah, he's like Greg Oden 2.0. So like maybe just wait until free agency and not like have to give up anything for him and watch his two friends like have so much fun in like MSG. Um, RJ needs to make the, the leap, dude. Desmond Bain made the leap. RJ, why can't you take the leap? The last thing I would like to mention is let's revisit that trade that Jared Ross King and I made. I think early on, the day we made the trade, it hadn't gone through yet. It looked, I, I was just kicking myself because Schroeder had negative points and Curry had something in the 20s again. Um, but Schroeder was on Jared's roster and Curry was still on mine. We made the deal yesterday. They won, one of them got 28 and a half fantasy points. The other got 29. So I just like to revisit after one game, it's a wash. <laughs> I just found out on Wordle that ramen is not a word and I'm even more irate than I was before. So we're going to end this episode. How is ramen not a word? Wait, so you're playing, you're playing Wordle during the episode? No, you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Jared Russo. It calms me down. You can follow him at, at Jared Ross King. You can't follow Professor John, even though he is on Twitter, but we won't reveal that information. We will not divulge it. And um, you can tune in next week for some sort of insane nonsense. Um, as we get closer to the trade deadline, we'll obviously discuss stuff. Maybe we'll go back to talking about fantasy. I don't know. It just seems like if you're a smart guy, you're listening to this, you're either really good and you don't need our help, or you just go to ESPN, you look at most added, and you just go it that way. Or you just luck of the draw, you're probably drafting some guys doing really well like Miles Bridges. Uh, or you're just out of it and you're not even listening to this. So what are we even here doing? We're just having fun. We're just, two, you know, just friends chatting, having fun around the fireside. Um, sports ethos, Dan Bespris, Aaron Bruski. I'm trying to remember anything else. Um, uh, who is our sponsor, even though we don't get paid for this? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's... Uh... Uh, it's it's, it's Tesla, correct? Something fantasy BK, and we were always wondering about the BK. I don't even oh, have a copy. Yes, of it. I don't either. Yeah. Though if it's Tesla, <laughs> we've played a lot. Twitter tells me that Nick Foles has more playoff wins than the Dallas Cowboys since 1997. <laughs> also, Ramen's a word on 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 Wordle. Oh, that I typo it. Oh, Never how do you spell Ramen? R-A-M-E-N. I must have typoed it. You must have typoed it. Yeah. It's just one of those days. I was having a good time until I started bringing up the Knicks. I really got to refrain myself, just restrain myself from, from bringing up the Knicks. Because, God, we set those stupid expectations last year, and now everyone expects us to do the, but better, even though it was fool's gold. Everyone else just sucked, and we just... Boy, that Julius Randle playoff performance, like, I knew. I was like, well, 
that was the, that was the highlight of the next 10 years. Like that was it. <sighs> Leon Rose, I hate you. All right. Thank you for listening and we will see you next time. Bye.